0: After a bit of a break, F2 is Baku for round four of the 2023 season, racing in Baku, Azerbaijan. But before we get into it, let's see what other series got up to during the break and preview the first round of the F1 Academy season. Welcome to episode nine of Formula Talk, hosted by me, Sophia. Hi. And joining me for the second time around is Philip Matthew from the Grip Strip Podcast. Hi. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Perfect. Awesome. But before we start, we must thank our sponsors. Uh, BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, and news and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports, and for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline always has your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered in all sports wagering needs, from basketball to MLB to NHL hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on all the action. Be sure to use our promo code code Believe that is B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. And again, if you've enjoyed this podcast and all the Grid Talk podcasts, we would love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of the 72% of people who've not yet subscribed to this channel, please consider helping us out with a like, subscribe, share, or follow. So let's get into it. We're back We're going back, but before that, we got to talk about testing. So, F3 had back to back testings over two two day periods during this break, first taking um, place on the 13th and 14th of April, and that took place in Barcelona. So, let's look into it. We had Trident's Gabriel Botolato, who went two for two as he topped both sessions on the day one in season testing in Barcelona. In the morning session, the Brazilian took his turn at the top of the timing sheets during the final hour with a one twenty seven point two two one, beating Gregor Sassi and Dino Bekovic just over two tenths. The championship leader continued this trend into the quieter afternoon, nailing a one two eight even, just the edge ahead by 0.076 ahead of Gregor Sassi again and Franco Colopinto. Philip, how was the afternoon in Barcelona?
1: sounds like the people who have the momentum right now early in the season are continuing to show that within the testing after uh, some time off. And, I mean, it's not surprising. Bartoletto, um has been fast. He's one of the faster drivers so far, Colapinto, uh, et cetera. I mean, uh, Bortoletto has a 20-point lead. So, and Saucy is the next driver behind him. Beganovic is third. So those guys are all up there. Marty is in the top five in points. So it's not really all that surprising that uh, they're all um, showing pace. They're gonna be running there in a few weeks time, about what a two, three weeks time. So it's a good worthwhile test. You need to get some data uh, to lead into what will be a very busy stretch uh, basically three weeks in a row they'll be racing at Imola Monaco and Barcelona before they take another long uh, another bit of a break between Barcelona and Austria so, definitely so they it, um, Oh, go ahead
0: sorry I mean these rookies are absolutely killing it we didn't expect it to be that much of we thought Gregor Sassi was kind of gonna gonna go through it completely and even Gabriel Mini as well is doing quite well um with podiums and some wins as well. So definitely something to look out for a hundred percent.
1: Yep. I mean it's the, this year there's a wide open field, honestly, in F three. A lot of the guys graduated to F two or went to sports cars or Indy cars. So now you're it's an opportunity here. So I think that's what this speaks to.
0: hundred percent. Looking at the afternoon of Barcelona, Gabriel Mini was first to cap off the first. Uh, in-season test in style, posting a 126.319 during qualifying simulations in day two's morning practice to claim the quickest time of the F3 trip to Barcelona. The Italian racer narrowly edged ahead of Taylor Barnard, who's actually been quite quiet in this um. The season so far, not really done much so far. No podiums, no fastest laps, or even points, I believe. Um, but he just beat Taylor Barnard by 0.03 seconds, uh, while Greg Sossi, again, is continuing his strong form to finish third for his finished third in the session inside the top three. The long run focus afternoon saw Gabriel Bartoletto again, pretty much claiming top spot just over the half an hour mark and didn't relinquish it. He was able to edge out Barnard and also his Trident teammate, who is the Euro Formula uh, champion of 2022, Oliver Goethe. So absolutely crazy Barcelona. And then it just didn't stop because a couple of days later, um, four days later, they had to fly at Imola. And again, it's very interesting that they've done two back-to-back in-season testing so quickly in the season they've only had two races this entire round obviously there's only seven in the season but even still you would think they were doing probably more in the summer break whether it's after the triple header or even just closer to the triple header what do you think phil
1: i think because of the uh, probably having to put the teams they have to take time off kind of like uh uh, formula one does i think maybe that's part of The why they're getting all this testing out of the way, of course, they have a more condensed schedule Um, they end earlier so trying to get them the experience now when they have a chance versus. um, Later in the year, where a lot of things will be set and going to two circuits where, of course, they're going to be racing at so definitely data mining to see how the tires are how your setups are so you're not as far off when you get back to those tracks for those races.
0: Definitely. I mean, I would see it just doing one testing and then a few rounds and then another testing. But as you said as well, it's probably because towards the end, like round four or five, they're kind of pretty much set in stone on what they want to do. They don't want to try anything new. Also, the cost of everything as well. So makes sense. But again, two circuits too quickly, like four days apart, the cost of shipping everything must have been absolutely astonishing. But rounding up, looking about how the testing went for the second round, it was Nikita Bedrin who was the driver to beat on the opening day, running the second in-season test in Imola, leaving it late to claim the honors in both sessions. In the morning, um, dominated by qualifying simulations again, the Genza Motorsport driver was able to set a 131.445 in the final hour of the morning's running, with less than a tenth separated him from Paul Aaron and Gabriel Minnie. However, there was a disrupted afternoon, um, which saw Bedron put a 130.368 on the board in between the final two stoppages, becoming only the second driver to reach the 130 so far. He finished com- comfortably clear of Gabriel Bartoletto and Dino Bekovic. Again, these names are coming up like crazy. Like, And these are all rookies as well. Paul Aaron, Gabriel Mini, Gabriel Bartoletto, Dino Bekovic, Nikita Bedrin. Like These guys are ri- Mind you, obviously, most of the grid is rookies, but even still, you assumed it would have been the more experienced drivers that kind of would run with these. I mean, testings, they can kind of go all out, and then we'll see how it is in the racing, but even the racing, they've been very good. Most of them have points. I think all of them have points um, and a few podiums for some of them as well.
1: Yeah, and and it's, it's kind of going and we're thinning out the competition right now. It's more... You're having this time off to go and do sim work, do fitness, but you've been out of the car. You have to get back to it, and it's speaking to their professionalism and what they're looking for, hopefully in their careers. That they're back right on pace, albeit you know some of these teams are some of the better teams within the grid. You you have to be on pace. You have to show potential. That's the only way. You can't really stay in f3 or f2 for long periods of time unless you just have a boatload of money um you have to have a goal of wanting to move forward uh if you really are hoping to do something um if you want to live in those series that's your choice but i don't think that's really all that great but that's your choice
0: yeah definitely want to progress and we see f3 drivers f2 drivers going to other disciplines um take sebastian montoya who's racing in these support series who's also doing um with his dad racing, endurance racing. You have a few other ones who have done um, F4 as well in the different regional um, championships um, as well. But in the afternoon, it was two different drivers that took the top times. In the morning session, it was Gabriel bartolato again, um, pretty much topping the timing sheets with a 130.312 ahead of Nikita Veteran and also Franco Colapinto, who didn't have the best running in, um, in Australia <laughs> previous time and you can just listen to that in our review from the previous episode of formula talk however topping the third session out of four bedroom dominated the afternoon running virtually from the start finish nobody could touch him he was absolutely clocking time in the afternoon with a 131.536 around the italian circuit ahead of his teammate taylor barnard and again gabriel botelletto God, how many times am I going to say his name? But he's a great driver, obviously, top of the leaderboard. Um, Obviously, it can, it can all change, potentially. Who knows? But it's nice to see um, some of these guys doing quite well and, again, the rookies. So F3 won't be racing this weekend, uh, primarily due to the sprint races that are taking place in F1 and the format of the new sprint races in F1. It I feel like it would be a little bit too chaotic to have... You got F1, F1 sprint, F2, F2 sprint, F3. And then obviously on this track as well, it's one of my favorite right. tracks. And the crashes that could happen, the speed, these guys are going, these rookies as well, we're going to see it in Monaco. I know that for sure.
1: Definitely. Definitely crashing and with Baku being as high speed as it is, it's definitely not a good thing for those teams uh, to be in be racing there. uh figure there's gonna be plenty of carnage in the other two series so
0: yeah and there was also other testing in another series which we mentioned a few times which is the f1 academy which also is previewing this weekend in austria but before we get into it they completed testing in um around april 18 similar time to f3 on a two-day um structure in france at la Cassette, which is not the best track. I don't think to test is quite obviously a boring track. Uh, they did pre-test in Barcelona previously as well. Um, a couple of weeks prior, um, for their first rounds of testing and doing all the media and everything, but France though, I'd rather have tested it at a better track. I mean, they're going to be racing there as well.
1: Yeah. And, and that track before they decided to go back for the French Grand Prix was a test track, um, that's what was part of the name when Bernie owned the track. Hence probably why they have all those psychedelic colors for their runoff areas to make people want to have fits when they're watching races there because not only is it boring, then you're gonna have health issues because you're staring at all those colors. But for the ladies out there, there's like 86 different um, for racing, whatever different ways you can run that circuit. So they probably ran a shorter version. And um, to limit the amount of miles they are putting on the vehicles also kind of get used to things. Um, But if they are running the full circuit like they're going to run an F1, it's got to be a lot to take in Um, one of the first times you're jumping in a Formula Four car. um, And uh, running it at Ricard is definitely a track where you have to have full commitment, especially in certain parts of the track.
0: Definitely. I mean, some of these drivers have raced in W Series, some of them have raced in F4 um, and even tested in F3. So it's been quite a decent one. But as this is pretty much their first experience in the car, well, they had first experience in Barcelona. The 15 drivers over the April break was able to clock over a thousand laps despite an unexpected rain shower in the early afternoon on the first day of testing. Uh, similar to F3 schedule, having a morning and afternoon, there was three different drivers that topped the four different sessions throughout the two days of testing. In the morning session, it was um, MP Motorsport Hamada Al-Kabasi. I'm so sorry if I have mispronounced Kibasi. it. Kebasi, yes. Um, she was able to top the time with a 127.892, followed by uh, W Series, well, former W Series driver Martia Garcia, who did a 127.894, which is very, very, very close. Absolutely close, actually. Um, she races with Prema. Her teammate, uh, Bianca Bestamente, was doing a 128.215. And I'll finish also with the top four. It was another Prema. So they could be the
1: ones to watch out for. Yeah, I would say so because they're just – they're the team that always seems to be up there. Uh, F3 is proof of that for the last few years. Uh, Now you're bringing them into this uh, new uh, academy, and they have fast drivers. And, I mean, especially in Marta Garcia, uh, somebody who I think is going to be one to watch throughout this entire season very experienced strong head uh, on her shoulders there, uh, someone that I think advanced and prove herself and and, and in the w series there might have been some things that held her back relative to the likes of Jamie Chadwick, but I think now she's in the right team right situation, and this is her time so we'll see what happens with that once they start racing, of course.
0: Yeah, I think she's definitely going to be one to beat. Um, actually, the sessions are quite different to F3. I do apologize. It's actually four different sessions, two morning and two afternoon. Um, So session two, it was Martia Garcia that was uh, topping the time with a 126.772, followed by um, British driver Abby Pulling, who races for Rodian and Carling. A little bit much of a bigger gap compared to the first session. And then Nira Marti, uh Spanish driver for Campos, finishing the top three. In session three, it was Abby Pulling, taking the top time of a 127.047, followed by Lena Burr, which is a ART Grand Prix driver. And then similar to her sister, um Al... i will going to pronounce Kibassi. this really... Kibassi. I've Once we get more into the season, I'll start pronouncing some of these names a lot better. And please say in the comments how to pronounce it so I don't butcher them anymore. Um, she finished the top three... Rounding up the top three for session three for MP Millsport. Session four, the last session of the day. Abby be pulling again on top of the time for Car- Carling uh, with a 126.292, followed by Nero Marty uh, for Campos and Martia Garcia rounding up the top three. So again, three different drivers um, for the top times with Abby taking two out of the four. that was the first day. God, that's a lot. That's a lot to do on the first day. I
1: I guess they want to get everything done in one shot. So they're going and doing their sessions. They run an hour session or an hour and a half. They take time off, reset, do another one. I mean, I haven't heard that uh, going on in a while or in general for a lot of these series, but I guess it's part of their plan to get everything done in one day and you're able to run at different times of the day. So you get different reads on the track. So I think that might be part of the thinking there.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, looking at the second day, it's less time. Um, There was actually less laps completed on the second day of the testing with only just over 850 laps. So about 150 less compared to uh, the first day. And again, four different sessions. So three, three? is it three? Oh yeah, Yeah, because it's a shorter one. I do prep i i preface this i do prep before these podcasts but sometimes it just slips
1: um no don't so, worry about it as somebody who does his own podcast and has a whole entire section where he has to go and talk about stuff and i go on and find out live that they don't have things updated it happens to everyone so no worries <laughs>
0: Oh, thanks. <laughs> Going for session one of day two, Martir Garcia took the fastest time of a 126.230, followed by Lena Burr as well for ART, and then Nira Marti for Campbell's, um, rounding up the top three. Session two, Abby pulling again to our for uh, the previous day top session 2 with a 126.163 followed by Martir, uh Garcia for Prema and Campbell's Racing Lola Lofrenesi, I believe again I I'm going to get better Love at
1: Fossey, I guess. Lo- yeah
0: it's french a french driver um probably yeah It's the first time we're actually really discussing some of these drivers um, because there's been so much going on in these last couple of episodes of Formula Talk, and we try to keep it under 45 minutes an episode. Um, She was able to round the top three. And then the final session of the day, Abby Pulling once again taking the top position with Martia Garcia taking second. And Jessica Edgar, um, who is related to Johnny Edgar. However, they are not brother and sister. They are cousins um i thought so when i first read it but they are cousins i think learned
1: that from learned that from you earlier too so
0: i think they actually had to like say in an article when they were announcing that it it's literally (laughs) that they are cousins not siblings but that'd be quite cool having siblings racing around the same time um but she rounded up the top three for the final session let's preview spielberg austria they are racing this weekend and if you were a little bit unsure on how the structure is you can actually go to one of our earlier episodes of formula talk i believe it's episode two or three which discusses the structure of how the races are and how the points go because it is two free practices two sets of qualifying three different races mad Um, and all the racing is Saturday But uh, all the free practices And all the qualifyings take place on the Friday So they actually don't race on Sunday So you can watch Baku instead And you can watch the F2 racing And F1 <laughs> Yeah. But oh yeah So they follow the same track As F1 So it's 4.38km um, kilometers. There is no fastest lap yet um, And obviously because it's the first time They are racing Times Oh, God. Very similar to how it is when it's F2 and F3, which is very early. The first free practice takes around 7.15, and that's a 40-minute session, followed by free practice two, which takes place around 9.40, and again, that is another 40-minute session. Qualifying, again, on the Friday takes place around 2.10, and that's only a 15-minute session. Interesting. Try to have 15 drivers in 15 minutes. Let's hope there's no crashes. (laughs)
1: got to go and maximize you got to get out early get a lap on the board and get back into the pits and the fact is with with uh austria that circuit's one of the shortest circuits that they're going to race at anyway i mean f1 basically is around a minute uh, at that racetrack that's right on the borderline for them so i think in this case these cars probably are 30 40 seconds slower but still you're you're wanting to get in, get get your lap down, so that you don't have to worry about red flags.
0: Yeah, golf a bit for red flags. That's going to be quite um, interesting, deciding on what the FIA will do in that situation, and especially because obviously you got Baku on it the same weekend. Who's the race director, and who's obviously Susie Wolf, Toto Wolf's um, wife, and um, she was also part of Team Principal for Formula E for many years, and also. Um, working with Williams as well. We'll see how that goes as well. Because again, this is the first time F1 Academy is racing and we're still understanding a lot of it as well. Because we're still trying to figure out how to watch it because it coincides with a lot of the other racing, the Baku racing, and most of the calendar coincides with F1 racing that um, different tracks. But I mean, the three races that take place on Saturday, you have one that starts around 9.45, and that is a 30 minutes, 30-minute uh, minute race, followed by a couple hours later at 1.05, which is a 20-minute race. And then the final race on Saturday is a 30-minute race around 4, yeah, 4:20, um, around that time for 40 minutes. And that's where most of the points do go um, on that. And again, you can listen to our previous episodes to figure out what the format is. We might discuss it a little bit more throughout the rest of the season for f1 academy once more information kind of comes into play but the main part of this show it we are previewing baku round four for formula two it is my favorite track i want to go at some point i've been trying to go for the last two years of it's it's gonna be crazy and how it is from previous years it shows absolute carnage sometimes But let's go over a little bit of the stats. Um, First, started racing since the beginning. So 2017, it is just over um, six kilometers. The sprint race will be 21 laps and the feature race will be 29 laps. The fastest time was actually F1 driver Charles Leclerc back in 2017 with Prema with a 152.129. Now, pulling up the reports because i remember some of these crashes i remember some of these flags as well because they even had to delay f1 for a few times because of some of the damages that kind of took place um let's see yes
1: like lord mahavir when he had his issues yeah that one is one that will always be in the history books for everybody
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, iconic. Um, But yeah, Frederick Bessie actually took his um, maiden win, um, the Mercedes uh, junior development driver, after it was a final lap shootout. Now, God, so many of these. Um, It was pretty much, like I said, a final lap shootout. Um, And to be fair, he started quite far down on the qualifying. Um, I think he was actually, where was he? Yeah, he was P9. So to go from P9 to P1, absolutely crazy. Joining him on the podium, it was... Jehan Derubla and followed by Liam Larson. So obviously Liam Larson's doing quite well in Super Formula, which we'll discuss in one episode at some point <laughs> when we have time, when there's a bit of a break. But Bessie Der- and uh, Derubla, like, they have good chances. Um with how things are going so far. Um obviously is now with Prema, Drew is now with MP Mosboard, who won last season. So oh, it's gonna be interesting this sprint. Twenty-one laps. What's your thoughts on?
1: Get through it. That's the first thing. Um get through turn one. First of all, don't send it and send it and forget it. Or whatever one of the i'm trying to remember the saying one of the full send send postage stamp whatever one of the um uh whatever the martin Brundleisms. but just keeping your car clean in the sprint is going to be as much or more to do with how your weekend's going to go um for the more experienced drivers at this racetrack it is an opportunity to get good track position um in in terms of their for the for the feature and the fact is that feature race is gonna mean that's where it comes that's where the points are um the sprint race you're giving away the same kind of points as they did and uh the the less amount of points so you're not trying to race for all go all out it does make a difference in terms of the i think they shift the top 10 for so you want to finish in the top ten, you want to finish. So there are guys that are in there uh, that want to uh, probably put a, their best foot forward. I mean, Procher had a didn't have a great uh, weekend at Baku last year. Lawson, as you said, uh, did finish on the podium in the sprint. Drogovic got points in both races. Logan Sargent finished second now formula one driver logan Sargent, the scored in both races and dennis hauger uh, won the feature so i mean there's there's a lot of mine it's a it's, it's a lot of minefields that you're trying to avoid all those walls um awasa being the points leader wanting to keep on with that and make sure that he can build on that to go and prove himself you have a few weeks between that race and imola you want to put yourself in the right position leading into that. Awasa has only had one non-point score so far in the six total races. Um, consist has been inconsistent, but when he's there, when he finishes, he's good. Um, Vesti has started to pick himself up uh, here in the last couple of rounds. And so those three guys, you got to watch them. As you mentioned, Duruvula. Uh, also is somebody a veteran driver and with the team that had uh, Felipe Drogovic last year. So a fast car, fast team, can he get that win and get himself back into the mix? Because it's very early in the season. Nothing really is, it's not like F3 where it's very condensed. Uh, In F2, you have a lot of time, but you have to do, you have to be consistent. And it proved that way with Felipe Drogovic last year.
0: Yeah, and also Druva is one of the lucky ones because he's also uh, participating today as we are recording today on Monday, the 24th. Um, He's one of the few drivers that are taking place in Formula E testing in the rookie testing. So he's able to get into the car a bit more. um, And so it's not as big of a gap um, from the break. But as you mentioned, Dennis Holger won the feature race last year. It actually went down to time because of the amount of crashes, which doesn't happen as often. But with Baku, anything could happen. Uh, you, don't, you just need to make sure that you are clean. Don't get your elbows out because those walls are very narrow, especially going into the castle. Um, coming in second was Logan Sargent. Obviously, he won't be racing in F2 anymore because he now races in F1. Who knows? He might actually get a podium in F1. No. Maybe points. Maybe points if we're lucky, <laughs> um, and then Felipe Drugovich uh rounded up the podium as well finishing third but yeah let's let's make some predictions. It doesn't have to be for the sprint or the feature; it just means what is your podium looking like, regardless if it's sprint or feature
1: uh for me, I would go I feel like j n derrouuvla is gonna be on the podium somewhere uh kind of think it'll be second place uh I would also put Awasa up there I will say he'll finish third and I will pick Teo Pocher who wildly inconsistent but probably the fastest guy on the grid um if he he's there he runs well so if he's there he's gonna win so I feel like he'll be the winner Uh, at least in one of the races. I think those three guys are pretty strong candidates to get podiums uh, this weekend. How about you, Sophia?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with Teo Pochier. He is very fast. I feel like he's going to do quite well in qualifying. And obviously in F2, you get points for qualifying. So that does help in the standings because he is currently eight points behind OASA, currently in the standings. So I do think Teo Pochier, I think he might take P2. I think Dennis Holger might claim a win, another win in F2, like what he did last year. I think he will take P1. And as always in my predictions, I always say his name because I am a big fan. And he was one of the other drivers taking place in the FE rookie testing. So he's had a bit of experience in the car during this long break. And that is Zay Maloney. But again, I always... I'm a big fan of him. Um, he's not had the best season-ish so far. He's done all right with some of the points and some good um runnings going from I think it was like sixteenth to third, four, something like that, um, in previous rounds. So I think he will be someone to look out for. He is fast when he has the opportunity to be. So I think that's for sure my podium. Portia, oh, sorry, Dennis, Portia, and then Zane. What about Bold? What do you think, Phil?
1: Bold prediction, oh, this is the fun one um, let's see. I'm going through uh yeah, that's definitely not gonna happen. I can't do that uh I think my bold pick and it's all it's fully homer based uh is Jack Crawford goes and has a points double point score this weekend. he gets points in both races. Uh, The F3 graduate, F2 now, uh, the American Red Bull Junior, gets points in both races. I think he is a teammate of Iwasa, but then there's like so many Red Bull cars. I don't know who's in which team. or I can't keep track of it. So
0: Yeah. He's with high tech with um, Isaac Hashar, who is also another Red Bull. That's (laughs) the thing with these cars. You can't tell. Uh, Big props to some of these commentators to know who's driving what because they're all the same cars. Um, Yeah. Yeah, because another team that's a double Red Bull is Zayn Maloney and Enzo Fittipaldi as well. Carling. um, Yeah, with the Carling team. But fair enough, Jack Crawford, not the best season so far, but definitely could be one to watch. Um, I think there will be four red flags in either race. And I'm not saying crashes because it could be engine problems. It could be going off and anti-stalls and all that, which we've seen with Victor Martins a few times, well, once, um, and a few other drivers as well. So I think there'll be four red flags um, either in the sprint or in the feature race. That'll
1: um, affect the F1 race for sure because of the tight tight time schedule.
0: Well, we don't even know the schedule because it still hasn't been announced what the qualifying schedule is. If there's two free practices or one free practice, they said it was going to be today, but as of what? Nearly 8 o'clock UK time today on Monday, still nothing. We probably won't know until Wednesday, let's be honest. (laughs) Like at midnight on Wednesday, so Thursday morning is probably when we would know what will happen. Um, But yeah, I think that's it. There's so much more that we could cover. We've had Formula E, we've had rookie testing for Formula E. We've had IndyCar that's taking place and IndyCar that's taking place this weekend in Alabama. It's the road to Indy, uh, 100 days out from the Indy 500 as well for IndyCar, which we might do a special episode about that given that there is um, four F2 drivers and previous F1 drivers in that sport. Um, what else? GT was on. Um, what up? Endurance, obviously, Sebastian Montoya uh, racing with his dad. Um, rally car, Um, In Croatia, but so much that's going on over these last three weeks, which has kept us busy while we've been waiting for F1, F2, and F3 to return to our screens. But let's actually look at the time for Baku, because actually, I'm going to say it in Baku's time, which I feel like is a little, I think it's two hours out from the UK, if I am not correct. Let me double check. Three hours behind the UK. So, right. This is going to be quick maths. Um, On Friday's free practice, it is at 9.05, followed by qualifying. That will be taking place at noon. And again, these are all subject to change, potentially, given how F1 is. Um, And these times don't really have to get released until a couple of days before the race week even starts. Um, Sprint race Saturday will take place at 12.15. And then the feature race, where all the points are for, will take place at 9.35. Bright and early in the morning. Bank holiday weekend as well for us in the UK. So it's going to be a long weekend, and I'm absolutely excited. I've missed motorsport F1 content. I don't know how you felt. Um, I've been almost re-watching races, which I don't do that, but I've had to just because I've been that desperate.
1: I with the schedule we have over here with certain series I've been busy with that but then also, you know, IndyCar now is going to get on a roll here leading into uh, Indianapolis 500 time and of course running at Barber this weekend. So, I mean, trying to stay busy with that. I mean, there's other plenty of series. So, as much as I do feel that pain I did feel that pain too about no Formula 1, but I think I I feel for the for the people that work on these teams that don't get a lot of time off, it was a necessary thing um, because Stefano Domenicali, I think, wants them to run 36 races like NASCAR um, because he's nuts. Um, they shouldn't uh, do that. I think 20 races is probably the best idea, but they can't commit to that because of all the different countries that want to be involved. And so I think they're just going to keep on adding, adding, adding. And it's it isn't, It's isn't. going to be at the expense of the teams and some of these drivers even, to be fair.
0: Definitely. I mean, we can cut off another one or two American races. That doesn't hurt my feelings. Um, <laughs> I mean, in. they should
1: race at Coda, and that should yeah. be it. It's the U.S. Grand Prix. The Vegas thing is going to be a joke. Going to drive in a parking lot in Miami is ridiculous. Uh, they could have ran on the Biscayne Boulevard or whatever they had for years. It would have been hard to make it FIA grade one, but mm-hmm. the fact is Monaco is not grade one. Uh, it never has been and never will be. But, um, I mean, I would, at the end of the day, we have all these tracks in the Emirates and, uh, that's why I guess oversaturation of emirates tracks i guess we're gonna have oversaturation of american tracks too and unfortunately be at the expense of the european strongholds the classics that we many of us fans love uh, mm-hmm.
0: and
1: that's what i'm worried about as much as anything
0: no definitely 100 agree like we'll see how Obviously, there's discussions of calendars talking about the next season already, and it's absolutely mental. I hope that F2 and F3 can still have decent amount. I, I To be fair, I would love F3 to have not as much as F2, but close enough. And also race, not just, obviously, most of it is in Europe. However, they are racing in Jeddah. Well, they did race in Jeddah. And in Bahrain and obviously Baku, which is part of the Asian countries, and then obviously uh continent and then Melbourne in Australia. But I would love to see them go over to the states or Brazil, you've been going to Lagos sort or of Mexico. Um, same with F2. F2 is very fortunate that they were able to do a triple header, double header, not double header, race in Bahrain and race in Melbourne um as a bonus. And they have raised in Baku before, but that's to the extent. So we'll see, but That is episode nine of Formula Talk. And just want to say thank you, Philip, for joining me. And where can we find you? Obviously, you're part of Grid Talk. Um, You're on one of the panelists uh, occasionally for a lot of the episodes, but you also do Grip Strip Podcast. So where can we find that?
1: Yeah, the Grip Strip Podcast, you can find basically anywhere you have podcasts. Uh, We go over all things motorsports in terms of all f1 f2 f3 We'll be adding the academy as well uh go over things in of course in the united states motorsport series but world two wheels and four wheels so there's plenty to talk about we try to get it all in on our episodes uh we go longer uh, than the standard fare so you kind of get an all-in-one perspective you even get uh sim perspective from my co-host joshua fine so you can find us at grip strip podcast on uh grip strip pod on twitter you can find us grip strip podcast on youtube you can find the grip strip podcast on um Podbean and basically and my website com amongst other places so thanks again sophia for having me on uh here it's a it's a quite an undertaking talking about all these different series we don't really get that elsewhere so Credit to you on that.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. There's so much we could talk about, but a short period of time. um, Maybe we'll do maybe two episodes a week. Who knows if my work schedule allows it. But Formula Talk is available on YouTube, where episodes will be recorded live at some point. I say this every single episode. We are still in the process of doing this. Um, It might be by the end of the season, we actually go live for one episode. Who knows? Um, but you can find us on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Just search Formula One Grid Talk to find our back catalog and also our Formula Talk shows for previews and reactions to qualifying rate and race results and discussing everything other than F1 Motorsport. Please consider supporting us on the channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment. And also make sure that you're subscribed so you're the first to know when each new weekly episode is released. We'll be back soon with plenty more content. We will be reviewing the Baku F2 race along with uh, the F1 Academy and also previewing any other races that are taking place. Maybe even reviewing IndyCar if we have enough time. So thank you very much for listening um, to Formula Talk presented by Online, and goodbye!